0: This the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts,
1: Agent ETA,
2: Agent Ether,
1: Agent Krueger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page and group and page.
0: All
1: right. This Ah, week's episode, The Valentich Disappearance. October 21st, 1978, at 7.12 p.m., 20-year-old Frederick Valentich flying a Cessna 182 Disappears over the Bass Strait in Australia. What happened to this young man? Did he succumb to the planet Venus? Perhaps a green flash got him? Or was it aliens? Let's find out in this week's episode, The Valentich Disappearance. All right. This is a fun one. Yeah, it is.
0: And it connects to a lot of different things, too, just in general, just like the area it happened. And there's a lot of cool stuff that has happened in this area.
1: Yeah. And well, I mean, by fun, I mean, it's an interesting case. It's definitely not fun for a uh, young, young Frederick or yeah. his family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm, I may have phrased <laughs> that inappropriately.
0: Yeah. Whatever. It happened so long
1: ago, right?
2: It is an older case. It's, well, it is 15 years old. So what made you pick this case specifically?
1: What do you mean 15 years old?
2: It's 78
1: <laughs>
2: you know it's funny you know where i got that from where i was watching uh let's see unsolved mysteries
1: oh uh, yeah. <laughs> from like the 90s or whatever oh
2: i think it was yeah, yeah. it was old <laughs> that's what i have in my notes
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Really well, old. It's quite a bit older than that. But
2: <laughs> I know, that's before I was born, seventy-eight.
1: I mean, these people yeah. could still be around. Is I think I think his parents are not, but his siblings could be.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, very well, yeah. they
1: could we, could be definitely. But anyway, so yeah, Frederick Valentich. He was a young man at the time of his disappearance. He was still living with his parents in Avondale Heights. He worked as a shop assistant in an Army Disposals store at Moni Ponds. And I'm not really sure what an army disposal store is, but it sounds like an I, exciting job. I, I, I like read that it surplus. was like a sur,
0: like an army surplus store.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. That, okay. Agree with yeah. Agent ETA there. That yeah, that sounds about right. Sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was thinking, sorry for the interruption. Uh, no, Confirmed. I was thinking
1: more along the lines of like bomb disposal or something more exciting like that. Oh, That's but, too
3: cool. But yeah, yeah
1: really cool. Uh, army surplus store sounds a little bit more reasonable. Yeah. So young Frederick wanted to be a professional pilot. At first, he tried to apply to the Royal Australian Air Force, but he didn't make the cut because he lacked the proper educational background. He was working towards becoming a commercial pilot, but twice he failed the exams. While he was flying, he had a couple of incidents. He actually strayed into a control air zone above Sydney one time, and he got in a little bit of trouble for that. And he also had two other incidents where he intentionally flew into clouds, and they were considering prosecution. And that's because he didn't have the proper instrument rating to fly without uh, without visuals, and that's probably why they got mad at him for that. But I just think I I thought it was kind of funny because and. you have this guy. He's he's twenty years old. He's almost still a kid, and you put him in an airplane. Of course, he's gonna fly into the clouds. That's what you do when you're young and stupid, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think I think most most youngins have a little bit of a daredevil in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, but you yeah. have that, that, uh, a lesser fear of, of repercussion, I guess, or a fear of your, your own mortality. You're just not that in tune with it yet
1: at that age. Right. Know? And it's not but like it's, he was it's, flying it's, under a bridge. He just flew into a cloud, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. Well, but that instrument rating is actually very key. Um, uh, 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 it's a key reason why he went on uh, the flight that he did that day. Cause he had actually tried to go on the same flight. Um, was it, uh, on a, uh, was it, it wasn't the day before it wasn't, but it wasn't too long before this. Right. But th- there was too much weather so um, with that instrument rating, he's only um, able to fly alone uh, while there's like perfect like visual like uh, a perfect visual scenario. He can see all obstructions. There's no there's nothing being obstructed by weather or anything like yeah. that. Right? So
2: what's he looking for? Like other planes, mountains?
0: Like well, yeah, well, yeah, mountains, the sea, the you know everything. You have to be able to see like where you are in conjunction with any kind of terrain, right? So like if there's any mountains or anything like that, you, you got to be able to see that coming up. And also, like yeah, other planes in particular too. So you
2: know? would he be rated to fly at night?
1: Yes.
0: What do you
2: guys I, think? He was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's different than zero visibility, and you can get yeah. disoriented while flying. For example, what, who was it? JFK Jr. is a probably the most famous example I can think of. He was flying that's, in yeah. poor conditions. He was not rated to fly in those conditions, and he made a miscalculation yeah. and crashed. I think. Right into the side of a mountain, right? Uh, it's something. No, I thought I, I thought it was like an ocean. An yeah. ocean. Yeah. I saw some okay, comparisons I, to
2: that crash and uh, the disappearance. Hmm. Actually, some skeptics say oh, really? that it was pretty much the exact same scenario.
1: Well, it wasn't, but oh, okay. you know.
2: no, <laughs> I didn't say that. I said some skeptics say.
1: We'll, we'll get to the skeptics, <laughs> but I, I actually think JFK Jr. is still alive. He staged his own death. Yep, could be. Hey, why not? You know, I'm joking. He's, <laughs> he's got. He was hiding I, from the monsters.
0: I don't know a damn thing about that case, to be honest. I I mean, very minimal information.
1: I don't think there's really anything mysterious about it. It was just a simple mistake, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it is definitely a case that there is a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding it. Like there's, there are some things that I've heard just in passing, um, seem to have some weight, but only maybe just for the conspiratorial
1: mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. At the time of the incident, Frederick had about 150 hours of flying experience Although he had failed his tests, he was young and inexperienced. And it's it sort of, sometimes it's pointed out that he failed those tests. So he was sort of uh, not that skilled as a pilot. And, um, you know, maybe he got disoriented. We'll probably talk about that a little more later. But, all, I mean, 150 hours is decent, but that's fairly inexperienced. And its it's just important to point out that he was not, you know, a veteran pilot. He was a young dude who had recently started flying and uh and it's, it's sort of important to the case something to consider i don't think it necessarily the case hinges on it but it's just something interesting to think about
3: 150 hours at 20 that's pretty good now 1970 something. what
0: well yeah. i mean it's it's not a small amount of hours but it's not it's not like like you had just said it, by no means is that you know uh Grant, grant a oh, no, status, no, that's not, man.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. correct. correct but,
0: but the one thing that I did notice while, like, like kind of like absorbing those facts, little factoids, is, uh, at the very least, this guy he definitely seemed to be highly motivated to reach this goal. He was either going to be a commercial airplane pilot or he's going to be in the, in you know, in the air force or something, You know what I
3: mean? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So, he wanted to be in the RAAF. He had yeah. grand aspirations. That's for sure.
0: His family
2: said he so, loved flying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so like some somebody like that, I got to believe that like as long as you're somewhat competent, you're going to gain skills over time which is going to eventually I think he would have became a, a very competent pilot just because of the uh you know his level of 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 dedication to this very thing, you know what I mean? I
1: agree with that, yeah.
0: But he he wasn't there yet.
1: Yeah, anybody unfamiliar, it's incredibly competitive to get into the Air Force or you know commercial piloting. Well, back
0: then Well, think about the, the time, the time period in which uh, this happened, this was, this was, I mean, it was a sexy thing to be an airplane, a a pilot during this period of time. You know what I mean? It was a very, very popular, um, you know, profession that younger individuals were going after, you know?
1: Yeah. That, that reminds me of, uh, of airplane. Remember guys remember airplane? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Say, (laughs) Timmy, have you ever seen a grown man naked?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I saw that movie when I was very young, and it creeped me
1: out. Uh, One one thing that, uh, just a little side note here, one thing that blew me away about that movie, it's rated PG, right? (laughs) Oh, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the good old days. There's a scene in the terminal when they're walking by a magazine rack, and there's some like Playboy magazines or something like that on the magazine rack. Full-on oh, titties yeah. right there in the magazine. Yep. You can to- It's totally on screen. You can totally see it. I'm like, how did that get a PG rating? That's crazy. Like, not that. <laughs> I don't care that much. It's just, if it's got naked boobies, it should be PG-13, right? I thought that's how how it worked. I don't know. Whatever. I, I would think,
0: yeah. yeah. Surely you can't be sir- serious. Sir, <laughs> sure, these blinking lights are blinking out of sequence, sir.
1: <laughs> don't call me Shirley, Shirley. No, <laughs> yeah. seriously. How does it go? I don't know, man. It's been a while since I saw it, but. It's no, a, it is that way. It's and don't call me Shirley. It's a right, classic, exactly. man. I love that movie. Well, how the hell did we get on this topic? I don't know, man. Let's get back to Valentich. <laughs> okay. So on October 21st. So on to the on October 21st on October 21st, he flew a Cessna 182 L Skylane out of Morabin Airport. That's M-O-O-R-A-B-B-I-N airport near Melbourne. The Skylane had one engine and four seats, and it had a cruising speed of about 160 miles an hour. And this is a very, very common airplane. You can look up pictures of it or whatever if you want to see it. It's, I think it's pretty sweet looking, but it's, if you see a Cessna flying, there's a decent chance it might be a 182 of some variation. But yeah. anyways, his flight plan indicated he was supposed to fly west or southwest to Cape Otway and then south across the Bass Strait to King Island. He was supposed to pick up passengers on the island and then return. He had brought four life jackets with him. Now this is where it starts to get a little weird because he told his, that's what he told in his flight plan or what he told at the airport that he was going to go and get passengers. I was, was, as you were
0: saying that, I was like, I was, I was like, like uh, trying to hold myself back. He said that, but he also says a different thing to his family though, too, you know? like
1: Yeah. Yeah. He told us.
0: So yeah, go ahead. So this is, uh, sorry to interject here, but like, this is one of the like, uh, competing theories. Um, is it like, there's a lot of things that don't quite line up about what he said and did is because, all right, so, so he told his family that he was going for crawfish from what I understand, right? Which, right. Yeah. By the way, the crawfish were out of season at that point. So he, he couldn't have been going down there, you know, to, to get crawfish. And then he, he told the people at the airport, he was going down there to, Pick up some, some waiting passengers, which there's no records of any waiting passengers ever having been there that I saw.
1: Right. And when they, when they investigated the, the investigation found that there was nobody there waiting for him. There were no passengers. So that yeah, was, and, yeah. I, That's
0: I, odd, right? I, I'm trying to hold back here because there's, there's a lot of, once we get into like the theories and, and stuff, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about this, but yeah, make sure that we. Yeah, I'll we, get
3: into that theory too, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because there's, there like I said, there's some stuff that was you're like, yeah, wait a minute, what? Like, why wouldn't you do this? Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too far into it. We need to, we need to continue the, uh, we need to finish, like, the outline first. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, tell, yeah,
1: yeah. But the first thing that occurred to me when I read about this, uh, this discrepancy here was, well, it could be something odd, or maybe he just, he was going to visit his little side piece down there on the island, right? Like, it That's maybe possible. Maybe it was nothing mysterious. Maybe he's just, you know... He, he's not going to tell his family because his family knows his girlfriend, and he's not going to tell his girlfriend because, obviously, you know, she wouldn't be happy with it. So it's just, you know, it's just a booty call
3: down there on King Island or whatever. And, and being <laughs> in the '70s, where you could possibly get away with, you know, faking your own death. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah, that's another theory entirely. But yeah, yeah. And another strange detail I found was that he did not ask the airport at King Island to turn on their lights. So this, yeah. I mean, this could be a simple oversight from an inexperienced pilot, but people like to use, cite this when they're talking about one of the theories, which I'm sure we'll get to later. So maybe we'll, yeah. we'll hold off on that until we get through like the outline. Yeah. Well, of it.
0: Well, and, and there, there's actually an important point to make there too, is you wouldn't normally have to call ahead, but this particular airstrip wasn't always manned. So, so they had like a, a, a part-time staff, you know what I mean? So. You would have to call ahead to make sure that they turned on the lights or something like that for the uh, the runway in case you were coming in under you know darker circumstances. Which, which he knew, the time period that he was traveling there, he would have arrived there. You know, it, it should have been at least uh, starting to get dark at least. You know what I mean? So, if if not fully dark, so anybody and everybody like traveling to that that airstrip would have called ahead well before and let them know hey i'm coming so turn on the damn lights so i can see the airstrip you know so i can land right so like, why he didn't do that doesn't make any sense you know
1: well we had mentioned earlier that he was nervous about flying over water so that could be one possibility i mean if you've ever been in a state of nervousness at least myself personally you know it, it, you're not operating at 100 efficiency if you're super nervous about something you make mistakes you know so that's possible Yeah, whatever
0: dude I don't get nervous or scared. Oh yeah, no, not not, <laughs> never. not ETA. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, no, I'm always confident and yeah.
2: shit. I'm the opposite. I'm always nervous.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyways, he took off from Morabin at about 6.19 PM and he reached Cape Otway at seven o'clock. At 7.06, he called the Melbourne Flight Service Officer, Steve Robbie, R-O-B-E-Y, Robbie Robbie I don't know, and asked if there were any other aircraft in the area, but there weren't. There was a tape recording of the radio call, but the original was recorded over, unfortunately. So at least that's what they said, the Australian government. They said that the original does not exist any longer, but we don't have the original. They did make some copies of it, which are also its like the It's like the moon find. landing. Yeah.
0: Sorry, it just reminded me of the moon landing.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah the moon landings. Yeah. Oh, you should do it. We're going to get to that. I'm sure at some point we will definitely get to the moon landings.
0: <laughs> oh, that is, that has to be an episode
1: yeah. at some point. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. But anyways, we have we have the transcript. We don't have the actual recording. I couldn't find it anywhere. There's reenactments, but unfortunately, we, we just have the transcripts. But lucky for you, dear listener, Agent ETA and myself are going to reenact this transcript.
2: Will it be with an we, Australian we, accent?
1: Oh, no. Even if we tried, it wouldn't be.
0: Okay. It's going to be with a ridiculously <laughs> bloody stupid bloody accent. I can guarantee you that.
1: <laughs> oh, Agent Krueger, do you have a do you have an Australian accent for us?
3: Uh, I can, I can. I can get it and work in here. Just give me a sec. It's not consistent. I don't know. Uh, give me a sec, mate. That's not a, that's not a bloody fucking dagger. There that's not a knife. This is that's a knife. Not, there you go. Oh, there you, you go. go. Hey, <laughs> not bad. That's not bad. Hey, that's
2: better than I could do. Maybe
3: you should read it, Krueger. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Oi, it's bloody on me. Get off hey, me, just, you
2: bloody dicker.
0: <laughs> just make sure you blokes be a good motherfucker, all right?
3: Make sure you blokes be a good motherfucker, eh?
0: If you ever have a reason to celebrate, just make sure you do a, sh- a shooey, right? Yeah, yeah a shooey. <laughs> oh, you boom, ever done a shooey? Huh.
1: Savages. Huh. Savages. Busy. Savages, I tell you. Savages, <laughs> 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 yeah. I tell you. Yeah. Savages. I'm trying to, like,
3: I, I got to diversify the... It's hard to keep the accent. Yeah. <laughs> really... I, hey,
0: I, I will tell you one thing that's for damn sure is, like... I've only met a couple Australians in my life and both times were like we were partying and they were some of the the, the funnest motherfuckers I've ever hung out with. Like, oh, they, yeah. they, were, they were just down for
3: whatever. Oh, they really do are. They really wherever. are. Aussies Let's are do it. <laughs> Shout out to the Aussies. Hopefully we have any, some of them listening. Hey,
0: Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi.
2: Yeah, we have fans. I interact hey, with for, them on for Facebook.
0: Our listeners, for our listeners in Australia, if you guys are are listening, I just want to say Robert Whitaker is one of my heroes, Okay. That's a good motherfucker right there. Russell right? Crowe's a badass. I don't know if I'd say that. But. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, you know, hey, Dougie, huh? He's everybody got their opinion. He's an actor,
1: <laughs> that's for sure. All right, let's yeah, let's get right. let's get to this transcript here. All right, I'll I'll start off. I guess I'll be I'll be Valentich. Okay. This is starting at uh, 06, 14 seconds. That's seven o'clock and six minutes for all you non-military types out there. So anyways, he says, Melbourne, this is Delta Sierra Juliet. Is there any known traffic below 5,000? Delta Sierra Juliet, no known traffic. Delta Sierra Juliet, I am, seems to be large aircraft below 5,000. D, Delta Sierra Juliet, what type of aircraft is it? Delta Sierra Juliet, I cannot affirm. It is four bright, and it seems to me like landing lights.
0: Delta Sierra Juliet... And then in parentheses here, it says, this statement affirms to the pilot that the person on the ground heard the transmission
1: or his transmission. Just like a confirmation. All right. Exactly. Yeah. And then Melbourne, this is Delta Sierra Juliet. The aircraft has just passed over me at least a thousand feet above.
0: Delta Sierra Juliet, Roger. And it, is it a large aircraft? Confirm?
1: Uh, unknown. Due to the speed it's traveling, is there any Air Force aircraft in the vicinity?
0: Delta Sierra Juliet, no known aircraft in the vicinity. Melbourne, it's
1: approaching now from due east towards me. Delta Sierra Juliet, open microphone for about two seconds and then. Delta Sierra Juliet, it seems to me that he's playing some sort of game. He's flying over me two, three times at speeds I could not identify. Delta
0: Sierra Juliet, roger. What is your actual level? My level is four and a half
1: thousand, four five zero zero.
0: Delta Sierra Juliet and confirm,
1: you cannot identify the aircraft? Affirmative. Delta Sierra Juliet, roger, standby. Melbourne, Delta Sierra Juliet, it's not an aircraft, it is... And then an open microphone for two seconds. Delta
0: Sierra Juliet, Melbourne, can you describe the er,
1: aircraft? Delta Sierra Juliet, as it's flying past, it's a long shape. Three second pause. Cannot identify more than it has such speed. Three-second pause. It's before me right now, Melbourne. Delta Sierra Juliet, Roger. And how large would the er object be? Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne. It seems like it's chasing me. What I'm doing right now is orbiting, and the thing is just orbiting on top of me also. it's It's got a green light and sort of metallic-like. It's all shiny on the outside.
0: Delta Sierra Juliet.
1: Delta Sierra Juliet. Then three second pause. It's just vanished. Delta Sierra Juliet. Melbourne, would you know what kind of aircraft I've got? Is it a military aircraft?
0: Delta Sierra Juliet. (laughs) I'm just saying this so many damn times in a (laughs) row. It's just I know it's a confirmation every time. Like I understand, but it's just like (laughs) I feel like a robot or a robot, whichever. Anyways, Delta Sierra Juliet confirmed the er aircraft just wait. did Did I just get did I just skip ahead?
1: Nope. Yeah, that's that's what I have next.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah confirm the aircraft just vanished say again Delta Sierra
1: Juliet is the aircraft still with you Delta Sierra Juliet it's two second pause now approaching from the southwest Delta Sierra Juliet Delta Sierra. Delta Sierra Juliet <laughs> <laughs> the engine is rough idling I've got it set at 2324 and the thing is <coughs>
0: Delta Sierra Juliet Roger what are your intentions?
1: My intentions are uh, to go to King Island, uh, Melbourne. That strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again. Two second pause here. It is hovering and it's not an aircraft. Delta Sierra Juliet. Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne. And then at this point, the microphone is open for 17 seconds, during which you can hear some a strange metallic or scraping sound, which that's... So this whole transcript is you can read it. And obviously you want to hear the original voices because let's be honest here, ETA and I, and I just kind of, th- that was not, a, that was not our best work if I'm being honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't early out there, huh?
1: <laughs> in, in fact, I kind of want to redo it, but on the other hand, it might be amusing to some people just how badly we oh, did it. Yeah. So I'll just, no, I'll just leave not it. Bad. It wasn't bad at all. <laughs> you guys did it. I don't know. I had fun somebody's laughing with me. Somebody's laughing at me either way. I call it a win. You know what I'm saying? But as long as they're laughing, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, so that scraping sound, that's really why I wanted to hear the recording of this, but I couldn't right. find it anywhere. I spent a couple hours looking it for it. Just, I know. it's not there.
0: I know. I saw some like people talking about it, like on on Reddit and stuff and like, give me some hope. Like, oh, there's a, there's a copy out there floating around. Like I just heard it. It turns out that like that whole thing was bullshit. Like <laughs> and I, I went on this, like I don't know, like an hour and a half, like long, like tangent, like, 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 like scouring the internet for this one little like thread of information that I thought I found, but it turns out it was absolutely nothing to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I but. did find
1: there were a couple of reenactments that people put sound effects in the reenactment to reenact the 17 seconds. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so people talk about those reenactments as if that was the real recording, but I looked at some of those and none of them, I don't think any of them were the actual recording. They were all just like sound effects that had been cleverly there edited. There's some good ones out there though. Yeah. There are some good ones. Yeah, for sure. But none of them are the real deal.
0: Here's like, uh, I, I don't know who made the one, like one of the ones that like uh, I, I listened to kind of give me like goosebumps because it was a, a very good reenactment. Like, like it was just like, like, damn, like like it, made, it kind of put you in like the, in the moment, like, like uh, it, it made your imagination kind of just like, like visualize, like what must that pilot have been feeling? If this is a real scenario, where he's genuinely like, like feeling very scared because of what's happening around him. You know, like, yeah, I like, just think about it. All right. So just think about this, right? One of the reasons why people have road rage and stuff while they're driving is because subconsciously at the very least their body or their mind is, is aware that they're traveling at high speeds and um, you know, a mess up in the wrong direction could easily spell death or great injury. Right. Well, that's going to be even at a heightened level when you're flying a plane, you you know what I mean? That type of a mindset, you know what I mean? Subconscious, whatever you want to call it. But, but, um, so like for that very reason, like people could freak out, you know, for reasons that you should not freak out at all or even become, you know, like some people could get things twisted out of their mind. And this is one of the things that I've heard argued in this case is that basically he became just like, you know, way too afraid or, uh, you know, just just like disoriented, you know, because of his, because of his confusion that he caused, basically in his own mind, um, and that's you know the reason why he potentially may have crashed into the ocean. But yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I forget why I originally went on this tangent. Whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, moving on. the The interesting thing to me about this is. He he kept that open for 17 seconds and there's different models, but generally you have to hold that button down. There are ones where the button will hold itself down, but he kept that open for 17 seconds. And then after that, he was never heard from again. What was he doing yeah. during that 17 seconds that the radio was open where he wasn't talking? He wasn't doing anything. There's just this, this bizarre clicking noise. Yeah. And, well, and and one of, the th- one of the things I think
0: sometimes like my imagination, right? Like, sorry to interrupt again, but like. Uh, what if what he saw in front of him was so astounding that all he could do was just hold that button open?
1: Right. You know. Or what if he was somehow paralyzed by whatever no, it was, I was there? Say that. Yeah. yeah. Whatever yeah, it was sure. it was just making him clutch. Yeah. yeah. It, and he could. All he could do was just clutch onto that thing. Exactly. But I also wanted to mention that the sounds of the engine sputtering are heard can be heard on the recording supposedly, but like I said, we mm-hmm. couldn't find a copy of it. So we just have to take the, you know, take their word for that. But that's also interesting because if you could hear that for yourself, you know, hear the engine sputtering, perhaps somebody with some mechanical experience would be able to identify or at least maybe narrow what could possibly cause that kind of sputtering, you know. But, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't have that available to us, so who knows. Now this tape was was, uh, analyzed by a UFO group, by, you know, a doctor. I should have written his name down. But anyways, a doctor that used to work for NASA and used to be like a um a flight crash investigator or whatever. So, it's somebody with like not just some crackpot, but somebody with like real experience and knows this stuff, right? And he was una- unable to identify the noises and um he even went and got like an actual airplane, the same model airplane and um tried to run the motor on and record under different conditions and like moving the seat back and forward because some people say that yeah um he had the habit uh val- valent or va- uh, valentic or i forget how you say I it i think it, from what i understand it's valentic valent- Valentich? okay he he yeah. was in the habit of like putting the radio in his lap sometimes and he might accidentally hit the button with his legs sometimes so that some people think that maybe he accidentally held the the thing open with his legs or he he pressed the button with his legs while he was adjusting his seat, and that might cause some of these yeah. metallic sounds, but um, they they yeah, he probably, tested. He probably he probably used a thigh master. Was that was that around back then? Um,
2: I think no, it you know was. What,
1: no, maybe no. Well, no that was more like the eighties. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think you're right. Late eighties, right? Yeah. 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 Whatever. Never mind then. But they they tried all this different stuff out, and they couldn't replicate this metallic sound at all. So that that's kind of interesting that you know using the same aircraft and similar flight conditions and whatever, but. That I mean, that doesn't necessarily lead you to any conclusions. Unfortunately, it just it does eliminate a couple of possibilities. Though, uh, one interesting thing that I came across is there was a couple of people. One of them was actually from the Australian government, who said that the tape that was released to certain people. So they they released the tape to um to Frederick's father and to this one researcher. Uh, it was actually copies. It wasn't the original. Yeah. But they well, actually... I heard,
0: now, I heard a couple different stories. I heard, yeah. like, as far as the father was concerned, I heard that he wasn't given a copy of it, but he was allowed to listen to a, an edited, like, like recording.
1: Right, and that's what I was getting at, is that the transcript we just read you was edited. That was not the entire conversation. And it kind of makes you wonder, what did they cut out, right? Because what's what's in there is already highly mm-hmm. interesting and unusual. So what are they hiding? Are they hiding... Maybe it's just personal information, or I don't know. What could why, they possibly would cut they, out?
0: Why would they need to edit
1: I, yeah. to begin with? Yeah, right? exactly. And the, these radios, as far as I know, uh, these radio transmissions are not like scrambled or anything. Anybody with a radio could have listened in on the conversation. Of course, probably they weren't, but I mean, they could have been. But yeah, anyways, that's just one detail I found that I, I, I didn't know about that. when I, I've, I'm familiar with this case, but I hadn't heard that before. And I was like, What? All right, well that's just uh, another just another tantalizing piece of weirdness for this case. It just you know the more you dig into it, the stranger it gets. But anyways, the guy who was on the other end, of the FSU controller, his name was Steve Robie or Robbie. Um, he, he had a quote in an interview when they were asking him about this after the fact, and he said, "I think at first he was a little concerned about this other aircraft flying around him." And of course, I had to assume that it was another aircraft until it developed and became a little mysterious. Toward the end, I think he was definitely concerned for his safety. I considered that he would have had to have been a good actor to have put it all together the way he did. And I like that quote from the FSU controller because a lot of people, we'll get into the theories later, but a lot of people don't take this at face value and they think there's something else going on there. But um, the FSU controller says that you know he seemed like he was genuinely concerned, and that it would have been very difficult for somebody to fake that conversation. And yeah,
0: um, you know, what? one quick point I want to make also during that that invest the investigation that actually had to do with NASA, um, supposedly they had analyzed like the the voice and stuff and like the the different patterns I guess that, that were prevalent within the voice patterns and stuff and how they thought that like you know how genuine the um the mood this individual may have been in it was you know what I mean, and they they arrived they all arrived on the same conclusion that it seemed like he was being very genuine, and the emotion that he was um uh, you know uh that he was exuding i guess you could say whatever that was was a real world scenario, you know what I mean, he really was concerned about what he was seeing, and he would he really was trying to find out what the hell he
1: was seeing, you know, yeah. So after this, after this conversation, after the 17 seconds of silence, um, an alert went out at about seven twelve PM and Valentich failed to reach his destination or Valentich or whatever. I forget what we said, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with Valentich. That's what I've been saying. He failed to reach v- Valentich. his... Valentich? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that guy. The only reason, the, the only reason why I say Valentich is because I used to work with somebody uh, probably about uh, 10 years ago now. Uh-huh. Very good fucking chick, dude. She was a hard, a hard charger. Um, anyways, uh, I'm not going to give away any more details of my profession than that, but like she was a hard charger, not afraid of a damn thing. And she, uh, her name was uh, spelled exactly like this and, and she pronounced it valentage
1: Okay. Well, that, uh, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's accurate then. But uh, so anyways, um, he failed to reach his destination on King Island, and a search was ordered very shortly thereafter. So I think, I forget the exact timeline, but something like 7.30 or something. I mean, they put out a search with a couple of airplanes like right away. And then over the yeah. next four days, they, they used like planes, ships, and divers to look for any sign of them. And they didn't find anything mm-hmm. whatsoever. They did At find all. like a fuel slick, but it turned out that it was a marine fuel, not aviation fuel. So that was a dead end. Yeah. And that's pretty much all they found. They, did, yeah. I mean, they didn't but find they didn't, anything
0: didn't find any debris, which, I mean, it's such a small plane that, like, really, like, I don't know how much debris you could really expect to find, you know what I mean? Because, like, here's the thing. What was the scenario in which, if this plane did crash into the sea, then, like, you'd have to think about, like, what was this? Was it a straight dive bomb down into the sea, like a nosedive, rather, you know? Or or was it, like, the guy was trying to, like, uh, you know, travel as far as he can and ditch the plane to the sea and maybe hopefully... You know, survive long enough for somebody to rescue him. You know what I mean? Like, so, what scenario was it like that the plane made contact with the sea? If it is the sea that it went into, which obviously, it, with this area that he was flying in, if if he did if he did go down, it almost certainly had to have been the sea. You know. Now, well, is there
3: is there like were those planes big enough to even hold a black box? Did they have a black box? Did not. I, I don't remember from I, what I understand, I don't think so. I, no,
1: but the the no, airplane it did have things like seat cushions and life vests life jackets that were yeah, floating right. items like those things are designed to float and well but, based- but if,
0: here's the thing though if you if you ditch it if, if you ditch a plane you know on a, on a very pal- parallel trajectory with with the surface of the ocean then then you could land a plane on the surface of the ocean without damaging the aircraft all that much you know what i mean
1: right so but like, they did have his floating- flight plan right so they had his flight plan yeah They had his location. They had, he was traveling at a very specific speed and they know exactly when they lost contact with him. So it makes the search area of, it narrows it down quite a lot where they had to look for him. So, I mean, it's, if he was there, they should have found something. It's not like they were searching like an entire ocean. They had a very good idea of where he was supposed to be. But there,
0: there are very strong currents in that area. I actually looked up some like the current charts in that area and. It's nothing to really trifle with. Like there, some of those currents in those areas are, I mean, it depends on what season you're talking about, of course, but the season that they were in, um, there were some strong currents that could move debris out of the way to like, you know, a different section, you know, to where they might not find it. You know
1: what I mean? Right. That is one possibility. Yeah. But another thing, so five years after the incident, the supposedly somebody found aircraft parts that had partial matching serial numbers somewhere in the Bass Strait. Um, it's kind of interesting, but first of all, the the 182, it's one of the most common airplanes in the world for small aircraft, right? Yeah, even even so, to this day. Yeah, so it's entirely plausible that within that five-year period, another airplane could have been lost in the area that could have had a similar serial number because, I mean, it's, you know, where they make the, I don't know what the serial numbers look like, but it's I think it's possible for part of them to match between two airplanes. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. But even-, even And also- And also like
0: within like, like Southern Australia, like, uh, this type of travel is much more common than like, like where we live, for example, you know what I mean? Like in the United States and in the Southwest part of the United States, there's a lot of aviation going on here, but it's not like a super common, you know, mode of transportation, at least over there, it is more common than it is over here. You know what I mean? So there are more accidents involved with these particular planes because those planes are very common and they're very popular because of their capabilities. You know what I mean? And they're not extremely expensive compared to other planes of their
1: same well, capability. they are nowadays. <laughs> well, actually, nowadays.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah nowadays, I actually, yeah.
1: I actually looked it up and from what I could find, a brand new 182 would, I guess they don't always make them, they switch on and off production, would be about half a million dollars. You could get a used one in good condition for between like 100000 hundred thousand and two hundred thousand and $200,000. But... This plane was actually being rented by Valentich, though. He didn't buy this. He was he was renting yeah. it, supposedly. But yeah. but yeah, so I think actually Agent Ether had something she wanted to talk about with for this uh, wreckage that was supposedly found.
2: Well, the wreckage was actually an engine wing flap, and it was in three different pieces, very corroded. And they found it on the opposite side of Tasmania, where he was supposed to land on Flinders Island. So for me, it's very unlikely that the current's going to carry it around Tasmania to the other side. I mean, it's quite a distance and it may not look very far on a map if you're looking at like a globe, but it's actually a very far distance for that kind of wreckage to travel, even with the strong currents. And then later on, the brother wanted to go ahead and get the that tested to see if it was, you know, really a match. And that wreckage had either been lost or thrown out and he wasn't able to get further testing done on it.
1: Which is what um, I was sort of, you know, getting at earlier is that I don't really put a whole lot of stock into this so-called wreckage because this would be like finding, I don't know, like uh, if you found a piece of Amelia Earhart's plane, which I think think they did actually in like 2018 or something. I don't know.
0: Uh, There's been a lot of pieces of wreckage that claim to be part of her plane. But if
1: you found a piece of wreckage that might be her plane there's not a chance you would lose that. That's like solid gold. You're going to keep your hands on that thing. You're not going to lose it or throw it out. Not a chance. Yeah. And, and from what I understand in Australia, this case is a really big deal. You know, in, in the States, not that many people have heard about it maybe, but in Australia, this was a really big deal and somebody's not going to, they're just not going to lose a piece of wreckage from this plane. It's not going to happen. You know, so mm-hmm. the the whole thing with the wreckage is I I had a really hard time verifying with some sort of reputable source that they actually found the wreckage. To me, it seems more like something that they were trying to sell to a newspaper or a newspaper made up to get headlines. Um, But it doesn't seem to me, it doesn't seem super credible that they found this wreckage, but I mean, who knows? I wasn't there. I didn't see it happen. So anything's possible, but yeah, so that, that was a little bit about the wreckage is kind of interesting. Now the department of transport investigated the incident And they didn't really come up with anything that could explain what happened. But their general conclusion was that it was probably a fatal event. And they didn't say what could have caused it or what could have made it crash or, you know, anything like that. They just sort of said it was yeah probably fatal. And that's their conclusion. Which, you know, as a government entity, uh, you can't really put on your report uh, UFOs took them. You know, that's not really going to happen. So (laughs) I can understand that being their conclusion. You can't make
0: any kind of statement anywhere near that without having any kind of like hardcore factual evidence.
1: So I I can definitely understand why that would be their conclusion. So that, I mean, that's the basic timeline of the events, but there were a couple of other things surrounding it. Um, I don't know if anybody else wants to talk about some of this stuff. Like there's other witnesses. There was a photograph that was taken that we can talk about. Um, And then then we can get on to like some possible explanations perhaps. But uh, does somebody have any notes on the photograph that was taken? Not I. I know the one you're talking about.
2: Well, there was this guy. He is an experienced photographer. He'd taken thousands of photos. His name was Roy Manifold. Awesome name. Very awesome name. Badass
1: Manifold. (laughs) And he was over (laughs) at
2: Cape Otway and... He was at the lighthouse at
1: sunset. Is, is that your manifold or are you just happy to see me? Oh. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Continue. S-
0: sorry, baby. I blew my gasket. You guys in this name <laughs> or names in general. This name is so That's what? a serious porn name right there. <laughs> this is
1: like the best name ever. This poor guy.
2: <laughs> Anyways, he's uh-huh. in the lighthouse at sunset and he's taking a series of photographs of time-lapsed photographs And he took six, and there were some orb-like lights on the first five, which he thinks were just like, you know, sunspots or just glare. He wasn't really excited about the first five. But on the sixth, there was a blemish up in the uh, right-hand corner. And he didn't see or hear anything, but later on when he had it developed he had it uh, analyzed right then they send it over to the states
1: right so just a couple of details because it's a time-lapse photo he had the camera sitting on a tripod he probably would not have been looking into the sun the whole time and if he had been anyways it would have been very bright and if there was some some object even a boat on the water or whatever he probably wouldn't have been able to see it you know if i don't know if anybody's ever looked right into the sun but it kind of blinds you a little bit I stare in the sun all the time. Yeah, that could Yeah,
0: I I do it way more often than I really should. Especially during an eclipse.
1: But that could explain why if there was an object, a strange-looking object in front of him, he might not have seen it because he might not have been looking that way anyways. He might have been, you know, facing a different direction or something. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to kind of throw that in there about the time lapse.
2: So he had it analyzed, and ufologists seem to think that it was an actual object. It wasn't a developing error. And that it was a metallic object surrounded by some sort of gas cloud.
1: Yeah, gas or mist or perhaps exhaust of some kind.
2: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: But, but it was a physical like object ETA present. ETA was there in
0: the picture? What's that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's very, very possible. Um, my my gamer tag sometimes is gaseous.
1: Numerous. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, actually, I read that uh, um, that they actually had a the the object showed up in a couple of the pictures and that they determined it was moving at 200 miles an hour because they could see movement between frames. But I don't know if yeah. that's, I, I was, I could only find just the one photo. So maybe they determined it was 200 miles an hour because of the movement it exhibited in that one picture. And they know the time lapse and yeah. they know how long that frame would have taken to take. There's a couple of that different seems ways. That more
0: probable. But, but here, yeah. here's, here's the most important fact I think about that photo is that they were supposedly able to prove that they, there was no, like a uh, doctoring done. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. The photo had not been tampered with. It was an object that, that they actually photographed.
1: Right. But if, if you've seen this photo to me, it's not real convincing it to me, I gotta be honest. It kind of looks like a cloud, you know, but I didn't, I didn't. Well, is here, that here's light. the
0: thing. Here's the thing. Also that very same day um, where, where vintage disappeared, there had been reports of ufo's coming out of a cloud cuz that very same day mm-hmm. was it was a very clear clear day not a whole lot of clouds or anything in the sky really and but there was reported to have been like one big cloud and there was multiple reports from what i understand of like people observing a ufo object coming out of the cloud and the reason why it was like yeah this big tall like like a pyramid shaped cloud but it was like more shaped like a uh, a weird like a tornado of sorts i said i suppose like like if you were observing a tornado from a distance but 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 it wasn't it it wasn't like moving like like a tornado you know it just like like had like a the appearance of a um a stationary tornado i guess you could say but people did uh, claim to see a a large object object come out of that that uh, cloud formation that same day
3: i do believe i could believe that they travel in like within a cloud to you know hide themselves obviously but the picture definitely looks like it could like i see other spots on the actual photo that are kind of similar to the spot that's in the cloud and he may have just gotten lucky that like i I don't know it's hard it's hard i wasn't there you know what i mean and it's like the draw distance and the accuracy of the film or the camera being able to used it at that time like towards the water under the sun like a little bit to the left you'll see something that's like similar to that type of reflection and if you go up top to like the left hand side a little bit you'll see another one and then towards the rocks even or the the, you know the shore you can see a bunch of little of them i don't know just kind of oh sure oh sure
0: oh sure don't you know
3: yeah don't you know
0: yeah
1: yeah
3: it's
0: it's an
1: interesting picture but it's not super conclusive by the way
0: was that a good australian accent no. 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 Oh sure, no. don't no, you know? you guys yeah, are gonna that's not what they sound like? <laughs> no. Well maybe, well, maybe I haven't. Wait, well, wait, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, i maybe I have never met an Australian. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe you are from <laughs> Minnesota. we have met a couple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, he did well. tell me. T- he did tell me to pibble pop my tabletop. So, Pitbull? I did. I mean, I, I'm just saying. Is all you know? Like, I, I thought that was. <laughs> Pibble pop term. your tabletop.
3: What? I think Pibble. he was. Pibble pop. Pibble pop. He was hitting on you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
3: You think so? Oh, I know so.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, back to Manifold's photograph. He had, oh. he had placed the negatives along with some personal papers in a security box. But in the year 2000, he reported that the, the negatives had mysteriously disappeared. And that's, I mean, they didn't just melt away, right? Where did they go? He didn't, apparently he didn't get rid of them. So that's, I don't know what to make of that, but it's kind of interesting, right?
2: Well, I also, I read somewhere that his uh, son actually was out there and he heard an engine like noise that was stationary over the water, although he didn't see anything. And then it just suddenly disappeared. So it could have been, I mean, it could have been a plane, but he seemed to think it wasn't. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's the whole photo thing. It's. It's really interesting, but it's, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it could be a real object in a a cloud and they did a lot of analysis that seems to draw that conclusion. But on the other hand, it could just be, could be a cloud. It could be, you know, a blemish or it could be anything. The, the air force actually took a look at the picture. They didn't really do any actual analysis, but they pretty much right away came out and said it was a cloud which kinda of makes you go, okay, why are they so concerned about making sure people think this is a cloud? It is,
2: didn't look like a cloud to me.
1: Now now Did, I'm starting didn't they to think also. They uh, said it was Saturn too, didn't they? I didn't hear that one about the picture. Or it's Jupiter? a
2: dark blemish though. It's not yeah. a light blemish.
1: Yeah, it's really weird looking. But clouds can look dark like that under the right conditions.
0: I guess. I was I was yeah. being facetious.
1: i I've, I've. <laughs> Be Being near the coast, I've seen clouds like that during sunset mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it just depends on how the light works. So you can have clouds that are white hey. and then you can have a, a dark one like that that has a strange lighting me, condition. It can happen. It's a very but, yeah, let me very just tell you, moisturized hey, cloud. Yeah. If
0: you want me to make you a moisturized cloud right now, I could do no. it. No, no, no. I just need okay. to push hard enough. You're going to poop your pants. No. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, but maybe not, you know?
1: Hey, I heard that's farts can spread we the COVID, take, brother. so...
0: <laughs> yeah, we we don't want that that that, that uh, couve going through, you know. Do, do you got a face no, mask sir. down
1: there? Because I don't think you do.
0: <laughs> nah, <laughs> why not, Dude, right, come on. it's my own brand.
1: Come yeah, on, get
3: know. the new uh, RGB face mask coming out.
0: I will <laughs> consume my you own fecal flakes like at, at the drop of a dime. <laughs> okay, this is No, horrific. you need to leave it in.
1: <laughs> hey, people want to know about. No, I don't.
2: don't think they they, do. they really don't.
1: Okay, let's, <laughs> let's move. They want right to hear me talk about consuming my own fecal flakes. Okay. Yeah, I know right. they do. <laughs> let's, let's move right along. So I, I have some notes here on some other God, witnesses. I hope you keep that in. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, it might be a little bit much. I don't know. I like, might like cut some of that. <laughs> we'll All right. See, we'll see. You know what? Everybody on their show is going to have their own fan base, right? You know, people who hey, are, m- everybody m- likes something, say, you know.
0: Don't be a prude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand all right let's
1: let's move along to some of the other witnesses that came forward around the time so i actually didn't i've heard of this case like i said but i wasn't aware um in the months leading up to and following this case there actually it was actually a genuine ufo wave which yeah. for me makes it a lot more interesting like it's harder to dismiss the ufo angle when you learn that for months people had been seeing like hundreds and hundreds of reports of ufos around this time It kind of makes me wonder and become a little less skeptical about what could have actually happened. But lots of people reported strange lights in the skies around this time. One of the most interesting reports was from a family that described seeing Valentich's plane followed by a green light. They said that the plane appeared to be going down at a 45 degree angle and they said it looked like the plane was about to crash. They lost sight of the plane and the green light behind some hills. Now, this is interesting because supposedly, um, this was before it came out, like the reports or the transcripts were released, so they shouldn't have known that it was a green light. And that sort of makes them more credible. But on the other hand, it was a while ago, and it's hard to say for certain that they hadn't heard from somewhere that it had been a green light following the airplane. So I don't know for sure, but that's an interesting detail that if that's true, lends a lot of weight to this particular report. But there are also a lot of other reports that are interesting from areas, or from that particular general area, like from from Geelong, Frankston, Cape Otway, and the Brighton areas, like all around that area, lots of witnesses saw stuff. And in general, this is a UFO hotspot in Australia, but particularly around this time. One witness, for example, saw an object shooting out of the water at a high speed near Cape Otway, Uh, near the Cape Otway lighthouse. And supposedly this was about 20 minutes before the Valentich uh, disappearance or sighting. But it's a lot of these, it's sort of hard to corroborate or to know exactly if that's true. But if it is, that's highly interesting. There were other witnesses. For example, one saw two cigar-shaped objects moving east to west over Victoria. And they said that these objects were silver-colored. And that could be, uh, you know, kind of similar to what what the Valentich guy saw. And one, a couple more. One woman saw, see, reported seeing a Ferris wheel in the sky, and two other independent witnesses reported seeing a starfish-shaped object with green lights over the Bass Strait. And they said it was headed towards where Valentich was supposedly flying at the time. And these, these witness accounts, I don't put too much stock in them, but when this starts to build up and you start to get all these many, many reports... It's hard to dismiss them entirely and say that they're all completely made up. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, at the very least, they're highly, highly interesting. And then you
3: ask yourself, what was the readily information that they had at the time? Like, how easy would it have been to say, you know, Australians to, like, read into eyewitness accounts in America or in the States or, like, other UFO reports? You know what I mean? It it would have to take time, and it wasn't so, like you know talked about outside news outside this you know whatever country it is feeding the information to their city. like you know you know what i mean um, right, yeah. anyway so when i keep hearing the correlation between the the type of ship it is or whatnot it's just it's like you said it's just too many eyewitness accounts that are you know i it's just
1: uh, too many weird coincidences that are adding up right it if you take any part of the case by itself it may not be super interesting but when you add it all up it it starts to look pretty damn weird all right so i think eta did you want to talk a little bit about the area it's the they call it the something triangle down there sure
0: yeah absolutely because so so this this entire area before and after this event has been a host to all sorts of different events and mysterious you know disappearances and of like nautical and you know uh um ships and stuff too whatever (laughs) but there's been there's been planes that have uh disappeared in this area and like uh ships and stuff and a lot of them have been under like mysterious uh circumstances yeah so so i mean um even all right so like one one event like that happened well before this was on october 19th of 1934 actually which is one of the events that kind of like spurred this type of interest in this area as far as like missing persons are concerned or missing uh, vessels whatever you want to call it um and it, so okay so in 1934 um you had this uh in the bass strait uh, triangle as i would call it because it's very similar to the bermuda triangle because of the the strange occurrences and like i said missing peoples you know um there was a, a vessel called the miss hobart right and it was it it, it went missing under really uh strange circumstances because supposedly like um it wasn't like uh there wasn't very much weather in the area like it wasn't high seas it was somewhat calm and like uh, like it vanished without like a trace of any debris there there are some similarities between these two cases because All they found was a slick of oil in the ocean now back then they weren't able to analyze the oil to find out was this the same type of oil or what it have you was this aviation fluid or was it you know uh diesel or whatever kind of engine whatever kind of you know propulsion they were using but but like uh there are some similarities um between these two cases because there was a lot of people that went out and looked for the miss hobart and they spent quite a bit of time um there's you know i don't really know how much time that they took it seems like seven days is a reasonable, estimate you know a- estimate because I-, I heard all sorts of different time periods being provided within you know the little bit of research that I did about this case. But but um, it's still you know pretty important because it's it's one of the early cases that happened in the area, and like it never really kind of stopped. Like there was always like uh, missing people in this area. Like I said, it- it's like a Bermuda Triangle type type uh, area. You know, and as a matter of fact, uh, for the Miss Hobart, I think there was a a squadron of three planes that had actually gone out to um, find any debris or the the ship itself. And all three of those ships, or all three of those uh, airplanes, sorry, um, rather, uh, didn't return. You know, it was was like it added on to the mystery. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, It's like one of those areas where just like, it seems like it's so close to civilization. You know what I mean? Like, it's not in like a a remote area, you know what I mean? Like, it's like there's there's enough civilization around that area to where you'd think ships and, 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 and airplanes and the amount of stuff that has gone missing in the area, to me at least, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You, you would think that, like, more missing ships or missing persons that have gone missing in this area would have been found, you, you know what I mean? But, like, there's this yeah. long history. There's this long history of just, like, unreasonable stuff that has happened in, 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 this little area, you know what I mean? Which, like I said before, there are some really strong currents, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's not a, uh, a kind ocean, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a, uh,
1: hospitable environment for
0: ships. It's not the worst, but at certain times of the year, for sure, it's, it's, it can be, it, that ocean can be, can become very violent, you know, at a, the drop of a dime you know what i mean so but but at any rate um the whole area has has had you know from from like i said 1934 to the Valintage disappearance to even even recently like for for example in 2011 now this isn't the exact same kind of like disappearance or what have you but there is like some supposed possible ufo interaction here i guess you could say whatever like uh it is a missing person. So in 2011, um, there was a writer who was actually an American writer who had been living in Australia, I think, for some, something around 10 years at this point. Um, she took a, a eight day vacation down to Brony Island in Tasmania. So it's around the same area. Um, it was an eight day trip, and she was like uh, staying in this little shack, like like kind of out in like the the sticks, I guess you could say. It wasn't like right next to like a village or like a you know a high populated area. She kind of was like a going into this like deliberately like roughing it you know what i mean it wasn't like a she was not staying at a you know a 5 store a, fi- a five-star resort or what have you <laughs> you know what i mean like she wasn't trying to have those type of comforts she, she wanted to really like experience like nature and stuff like that and but so, anyways, um,
3: a lot braver than me. I mean, Australia. This is what, what was this was happening in Australia, right? Tas- well, yeah, well,
0: yeah, Tas- in Tasmania. Tasmania, yeah, Ireland, Tasman- Tasmania,
3: yeah, because that that's too crazy. I mean, the spiders and the lizards and things that are ungodly seem to live down there.
0: <laughs> well, it just seems like all the predators that are present in Australia, like like southern Australia, especially. And some of these islands, like Tasmania and, and Brony Island and stuff, um, they all want to kill you. Like, like, like you anything that's bad po- attitude, anything that's poisonous is is poisonous to the point where it'll kill you with one bite easily. Like, if you don't like get like some kind of antidote or uh, anti venom, or you know, if you're not right next to a hospital. I mean, there are literally like spiders and, and snakes that can bite you in the in the parking lot of a hospital. In Australia, and you still might not freaking survive. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
3: she's she's got bigger balls than me. That's for sure. That's
0: I I would agree yeah. with that statement, sir. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> yeah. you know. But so, anyways, uh, her name was Rachel Finari. Okay, and she was a, an American writer, and she had taken this. She had lived in Australia, like I said before, ten day uh, ten years already, and she took this uh this trip out to Brunny Island. Um, it was an eight day trip, and, and um, the thing that is really weird is a, a lot of the locals in the area had described seeing, you know, glowing lights and, like, uh, flashing lights and, like, really weird, like, lights in the area that she was staying, like, right above, like, the field, especially where she was staying in the shack, right? So um, they kind of attribute that to, you know, her possibly being abducted because, all right, so once, once, like, it was realized by, like, the locals and, like, people that were in contact with her that she hadn't checked in or, like, she was missing they went immediately in uh in, like like uh, investigated like her living quarters the little shack that she was living in and she found she i'm sorry they found um all of her belongings were still there her bed looked like it had not been slept in like it was made up and everything and and didn't look like uh anything was was left like uh in haste you know what i mean and it was just such a weird like everything was like in its place and everything was like you know very organized and like but she was gone there was no there was no trace of signs of struggle her or, or signs of struggle play. yeah yeah there was there was nothing to like 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 is vanished yeah she was just gone she was just plain gone you know which which i mean in in that area maybe she just took a stroll in the wrong direction and got attacked by some predator or something like that or maybe she got bit by I don't know what snakes or venomous creatures are in that area but it's it's definitely possible that she could have just you know took you know a wrong direction and ended up dying somewhere where nobody ever found her you know what I mean that's that's, that's definitely possible but the reason why the reason why I think this case is very interesting is because of the locals that describe you know, basically they, they say that they, they saw like a UFO in the area, you know what I mean? Like, w- which was making a ruckus, I, I guess you could say, which is a funny way of putting it, but there's a lot of locals that saw street lights and stuff in that very same area. And they think that it's possible that, that she may have been abducted. You know what I mean? Hmm. So in that very case is, is another case where I think it's I mean, that might be worthy. Well it might be. It's definitely, I think, worthy of uh its own case investigation. Yeah, I mean yeah, doing, actually it doing, sounds doing like so not familiar that with that one. down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm giving a very broad, you know, explanation of this and, and I haven't done very much research. This this was just like a case that I stumbled on that I wasn't aware of before. Like like uh Agent Anderson had said before, you know, um I was aware that there had been UFO you know abductions or sightings in Australia, but I wasn't aware of the the vast amount of uh, cases th- that there are. You know, like like I just wasn't aware. You know I mean, once I got into this case for, that we're doing right now, uh, the, the the Valentich case um I started to pick up on on a whole assortment. Like, holy shit, dude! Just in this southern area that we're talking about, the southern area of uh Africa, Australia, <laughs> <And> it. <laughs> australia edit god is they both start with an a shut up Australian. (laughs) no africa though as a matter of fact um i think the actual real wealth of information is in ancient uh ufo abductions or ancient ufo um observations i guess you'd say there there are some amazing stuff fucking amazing stuff that has happened in africa sorry to be so vulgar about it but I'm very excited about some of those cases uh, and that I, I'm, I'm sure someday we will do. But like, uh, even like modern day. Sorry to get off on this wild tangent, but like South Africa. Oh boy, oh boy, there has been some cases in South Africa, man. Yes. Even just even just just the the southern region of Africa. Holy mother of God, there are some some pretty cool shit that supposedly have happened there. Now I'm not going to get into it because these are potential cases i think we might cover in the future but um sorry i i digress you know um this area the 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 bass strait triangle whatever you want to call it or even even just the southern area of, of australia the southern coast um along the southern coast from the from the west to the east there has been some amazing stories that have arisen you know as far as like um accounts that people have given whether it been an abduction or a a ufo you know observation of some sort you know what i mean like this is a hot spot dude this is this is one of those areas of the world that i think we need to concentrate more on you, you know what i mean
1: oh yeah there's there's a ton of interesting cases in this area all right that's the weirdness of the bass straight triangle now let's talk a little bit about some possible explanations for the valentich case there's, there's some good ones and some even better ones. Uh, I have a personal favorite, but um, I'll start off with probably the most likely scenario that we sort of touched on earlier was that for whatever reason, uh, he staged his own disappearance. And after he reached Cape Otway, he would have had, his plane was fueled up all the way from what I read, and he would have had enough fuel to fly another 500 miles or so. And there were some reports of a small plane landing near Cape Otway around the time that he disappeared. And even if that wasn't him, 500 miles, that's a pretty decent distance. I mean, you could go a long ways, you know, you could possibly disappear in 500 miles.
0: Yeah, you, you would have to prepare, I think, beforehand and like, like uh, set up like areas, not like, like, like put things in their place, but know where you could refuel or, or what have you, you know right. what I mean? Like to get, to get to other places or what have you. But like, I, I agree. All right. So a couple of the main things that really give me pause in this case is that it appears that he told his family one thing and people at the airport are another thing as far as what he right. intended to do with this flight. Right. So it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but like the, the fact that he like uh, fully fueled this plane up and like, like with way more fuel than he needed for this trip round the round trip i mean that could be a red flag i suppose or it could be just like him being a considerate motherfucker it was it (laughs) was a
1: rental plane so they might have fueled it for him he might not have fueled it yeah
0: that could be a stupid yeah yeah you could be right about that for sure it might not have been under his control to begin with it just it was the gas tank that he took over right it was full. right but but like uh i don't know it's it's weird I, i find the whole situation a little weird
1: he did bring extra life jackets with him, which I found an interesting detail. So it seems like he, did, he was yeah. trying to convince people that he was going there for a legitimate reason in case somebody asked up on him. But, well, and also the, he didn't, he didn't
0: radio ahead to this airport, which is not, is not, you know, full-time manned, right? It's not manned full-time, whatever. Anyways. So you have to call ahead, especially at nighttime to let them, know that they need to turn on the lights on the on a landing strip,
1: you know. Right, yeah. So, so the the anybody, explanation that he staged his own disappearance or that he somehow just absconded, I think that's probably the most likely one if you want like a like a non-weird explanation, so. there's a lot to support it. Yeah.
0: Well, and his family, his family actually kind of I think gives a little bit of inclination to this uh topic, uh, th- this theory because I don't know if inclination is the right word. Whatever, dude. Uh, so actually, now I know it's not. But anyway, we're doing it live. Yeah, we're doing it live. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but no. So his family, uh, like his dad in particular, well, and his mom uh, are, are, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Some of the statements that they made afterwards, like his dad, like, uh, claiming that, like, you know, because he was in the, uh, um, the R- what is it, the, the Air Force, the RAF? What is it? The
1: the The Royal Royal Australian 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 Air Force. Force.
0: R R A A F. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was in like you know like he wasn't in the R A A F. He was he was like a trainee like you know like he wasn't technically in like he was he was like in like a uh, like a volunteer force basically from what I understand right because yes. he had he, he had failed a lot of the entry exams and stuff like that but he had a lot of like i said before he had a lot of uh effort that he put in you know what i mean so he was very very uh you know intent on making that goal eventually but so like um i don't know man like 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 a oh god damn it hold on <laughs> edit edit dude i brain fart is so hard right now all right god damn it what was i talking about before i had make, i had a point I had, I had a serious point i was about to make i completely <laughs> I don't forgot know.
1: I don't know, but one one thing that bothers me about this explanation is that it was a rented airplane. And even if it wasn't, airplanes are very, very expensive and they're fairly I mean, like, where are you gonna put it? Like if you land at an airport, somebody's gonna notice it sooner or later and they're gonna check the serial number and they're gonna be like, Hey, this isn't supposed to be yeah. here, and somebody's looking for it and they're gonna find it. But it was never well, anybody, found. So how anybody, where would he put the airplane that it wouldn't be found? Somebody's gonna be looking for that airplane yeah, because they're sure. very expensive. Even a cheap one is very cool. expensive.
0: It's going to be identified really fast, no matter who sees it, because in the field of aviation, whether you be somebody who is uh you know refueling planes at a gas pump or somebody who is actually like you know a pilot or no matter what you are, within that field of aviation, whether you're a mechanic whatever you are, the first thing you're going to, you're going to be looking at at any at any plane is going to be the identifying tag, you know what I mean so like like they're going to notice those numbers. Like on any plane, the, that's right. going to be one of the first things that they look at,
1: you know Yeah, I mean? and another problem I have with this particular theory is that there doesn't seem to be any motive for it. Like, why would he stage his own disappearance? He it's, had nothing to hide oh from. It's yeah. just
2: the opposite, in now, fact. Yeah. I mean, he now has a fiance, and, you know, he's passionate about flying. He has his whole life there in Australia. Yeah. Like, he...
0: So some of the statements that his dad made and his uh-huh. mom made also like kind of give me a little bit of pause because like his pops seems to be a little bit,
1: I don't know, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the way I look at that is, I mean, if you're, if your kid probably died in a crash, that's going to mess with your head. And I I saw some interviews, man, it's pretty heartbreaking, but the, uh, the father, he wanted it to be an alien abduction because he wanted to believe that his son was still okay out there somewhere and that his son would someday return to him. You and know what?
0: I agree. I think that yeah. ultimately that that's probably the, the, the main force that drove him to be honest
1: with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that, that's kind of how I took it. Like, sure. He, he had some strange opinions, but that's how I interpreted his, his interview that I saw is that that's what he really wanted to be the truth. And for him, he but, made that the truth in his own head, whether or not there's really, any evidence for one, it.
0: One of the things I really want to get at though, before the abduction, it, it seems like his father and himself. Now, now I, in different, like, interviews I've heard from, like, uh, you know, family friends or friends of him growing up, um, or even his brother, um, it, like, it seems like like uh, there's, there's a bit of contradictory going on here, or, or, or what's the right word? I'm hearing contradictory statements being provided here because some of his friends say that, like, you know, the guy, like was no more interested in UFOs than the average person was, you know what I mean? But then like his dad said that like he was always a very, very avid UFO enthusiast, you know, but like then, then also there was also the story that I heard of his mom, like before this whole thing had gone down, uh, you know, having, you know, a claim that she was a UFO, UFO abductee. And like, I don't know, man, like if that is true, like, I don't know, man, like, like, the reality that Frederick Valentich lived in may not have been the same reality that you and I live in. You know what I mean? Like
1: That's yeah, that's, de- yeah, that's definitely it, a possibility, but it's also there are plenty of stories out there with people who are multiple abductees or people who have seen more than one UFO almost as if they're being tracked throughout their lifetime. For example, a, yeah, a prominent case yeah. we've spoken about before is uh, George St. Pierre, yes. who has had multiple UFO sightings and thinks that it, he he's had <laughs> multiple incidents of missing time and he thinks it's possible that he's been abducted more than once you know to, yeah
0: but i think to to me like i'm a big fan i'm a big he fan of GSP. Their ass. but here's the thing man like it, it, when you're talking about missing time or what have you it, it's it's i think it's way more likely that it might be cte or something well, considering it, it what could, he's done throughout it could be, but... Know, like,
1: That's just an example we've talked about on the show. We actually haven't done that much abduction stuff, but that's one example. But there's many, many examples like that where people have had multiple experiences. So just Mm -hmm. because they're, you know, UFO enthusiasts or they have had past experiences, that doesn't necessarily change the fact that he saw something strange and then he disappeared shortly thereafter. It doesn't mean that it was aliens, but it, it doesn't necessarily change what he saw either. Let's get back to some more possible explanations here of the Valentich disappearance.
2: There's, of course, Mm -hmm. that he crashed.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean. (laughs) No, he got disoriented. He
2: got disoriented. If you want to take the easy way
1: out, sure. Well, some
2: people say that he was upside down. That, you know, he turned his plane upside down and he was seeing the reflection. gravity-fed
3: plane and wouldn't be able to do it for more than 10 seconds. What what light is green?
2: Gravity-fed fuel. What light is green on the plane? People were saying that he was seeing the reflection of his own light on the plane. Well, okay, that, so,
3: and I heard that he
1: was also seeing the reflection off the water or something right, like that, right. too. And. Yeah, there's, there's a couple problems with this theory. First of all, he was flying at 4,500 feet, right? So even if he was flying upside down above a perfect mirror, he's, it's like almost a mile away. 4,500 4, feet is pretty close to a mile. And even at that distance, a plane light is not going to look like what he described at all, like not even close. But the ocean, of course, is not a perfect mirror. It's very wavy and choppy, and it's just not a good reflector, especially from a mile away. It's just not complete, completely implausible. But even if that was the case and it could account for the sighting, the fact is that this particular airplane cannot fly upside down. It has a top wing, and the wing tank or the, the fuel tanks are in the wing. And the engine is gravity-fed with fuel, so if it was flying upside down, the engine would stall out very, very quickly. Whereas he was reporting this on the the six-minute conversation. Uh, throughout that conversation, he was reporting this light. Not a chance. He could fly upside down for six minutes. Just not going to happen in this airplane. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's that's assuming that it wasn't edited and it was actually a much longer conversation than that. It just and.
2: Well, I also read, he might have been spiraling. Was. Yeah. So wait,
3: it's open information that he's an inexperienced pilot and mm-hmm. yeah, he's pulling off that maneuver? Like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I I read the spiral theory that it was like Mars, Venus, and like, uh, I don't know, a star. Jupiter. But it just... That only works. Why the
3: hell are there planets involved? Sorry
1: to interject, but what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, that's, what... <laughs> that's what one of the skeptics says. It says that the planets caused the sighting, but it's... <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, because in seeing, the first part. So he's part,
3: seeing a planet. That's what's making him. He's seeing a planet that like you can't see with the human eye, like unless it's just a star. Like, I don't, whatever. Sorry. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. Because
2: in the first part of the transcript, didn't he describe <laughs> four landing lights?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was. I can't remember if it was four, but he did describe. But if you're flying and you see a light in the distance, that's very bright you you might interpret that as a landing light, right?
2: But he said there was there was more than one
1: well, maybe there was, but when it got closer, the description that he gave to to the um air traffic controller was nothing like Venus and Mars forming a shape in the sky, even if he was spiraling. No. That's absurd. not a chance. He basically
0: he basically explained an object that was flying along with him in the air that was like taunting him. Right. playing with him
3: yeah you know it, it this sounds all similar this is what the pentagon has released with the two pilots that have given their eyewitness reports about how it seemed like to just tail them or it would tail them and or they would be in pursuit and it would just be out of range so i mean like we didn't have the 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 ability to record what he was seeing back in the day but we were able to record it with his voice and everything and that's I. It's it's. There's a correlation with everything about how they're just keeping out of
1: reach. Uh, this whatever. this particular explanation I found on I think it was the Skeptoid by Brian Dunning, and it was the worst kind of clickbait. the The article was something like. You know, after all these years we've finally explained the Valentich disappearance, and then you click on it and it's like, uh, oh, Venus. You're like, oh, God damn it.
2: You know it's funny? Well, I, I think am. I read the exact <laughs> same
1: article. I should have known yep. better than to click on that goddamn yeah. article, but all right, you got me. You got me, Mr. Dunning. Yeah, I wish about, Good I wish on to you you five know, if he was, was a
3: real cultured man, he would put Uranus. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. I An agree.
3: anomalous sighting of Uranus. <laughs> god damn Guess <laughs> you got numerous. me <laughs> he got me you can have yeah. this
1: one all right <laughs> got me again I uh, just why so i don't click so on. so what are anymore. some
2: other theories
1: all right An- another prominent theory is that uh that he committed suicide which oh it's um
3: it's plausible awesome yeah it's possible I mean, especially but... with failed attempts and like stuff like that but there's also like a false report that he was discussing with his colleagues of depressing like depressed states and how he was having suicidal thoughts. But from everything else I've looked up, that's false. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. It's he was a Who twenty knows? year old young go getter that could get into a plane. It doesn't matter if you're failing what he was doing. He still had so many years ahead of him to improve his craft. To be able to get his dream job, which yeah. was clearly something in an aviation, um, yeah. he, you know, to be a pilot, you have to a lot be, of
0: motivation. I mean,
3: I mean, I guess like the tests back in the day, maybe they could have been more rigorous, but I, you know, I'm not, I can't speak from experience, or you know, like growing up in that time. But you know, my father was an aviator. I mean, for the the small time that. He was, he, he flew helicopters and stuff like that. And you have to be on your A game. I mean, a lot of these guys don't just make their, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I doubt it was just a uh, momentary lapse and, you know, I don't, how did he get disoriented? Was he doing maneuvers? Like, I mean.
1: Yeah. And the, the problem with the suicide theory is there's absolutely no evidence. Nobody has said that he was exhibiting any symptoms of depression or anything like that. So it it's plausible, but I think it's probably unlikely that he would have just, you know, crashed his plane into the water.
2: Right. And it, he just got gotten mean, engaged the month before.
3: Exactly you know, what you know, I was about to say. Yeah. 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 And you're going to, and I, I could see there being, and sorry to interject, well, have um, Maybe, that there maybe he, been had, been
0: he had gotten engaged and realized, like, you know, the reality of what marriage <laughs> is in the real world. <laughs> and like just <this laughs> decided, like, you know what? I, I just, I better just kill myself. <laughs> i mean to do it in a
3: fashion where it's similar to the accounts that we have in modern day but also because he was a an new philologist and he was well, and a he UFO also didn't sign fan. a prenup uh, like he he would have uh, <laughs> like it's just you know to go out in that way i couldn't even make up like something that you know the only thing is if he made it up to, He would correlate it to a story that was out there, right, and put a spin on it himself. Well, and then, the story
0: also, like, like, like just, just like, like taking into account what, his, like, his parents. It seems like both of his parents were definitely like, like in on the UFO, UFO type thing. You know, what I mean? like they're they're all in. You know, like like Dan Aykroyd. You know what I mean? Huh? Yeah. Like they were all well, they were all they were all in. You know what I mean? It seems to me, at least.
3: What is peculiar is the the misinformation that he gave both to his family and to his friends about his whereabouts
0: that is yeah, a the flag, reason why obviously. he was going on the flight to begin with yeah but at yeah, the same, same time
2: a, i read that his girlfriend slash fiance was invited to that flight on the 21st and she had to no, work didn't late catch that. so she missed it
1: no way you know, yeah, it, it yeah. could be as simple as the fact that you know flying costs money it ain't cheap even back then i'm sure And maybe he just wanted to go flying. He just, he wanted to get up there and fly and he needed a reason for that. So maybe he just said, "Uh, I'm going to pick up crayfish or I'm going to pick up some people just to have an excuse to fly. I mean, you could come up with any, any number of reasons as to why he would have fabricated that. And it's an interesting piece, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe he just wanted to go out flying, but he didn't want to go out alone you know what I mean? Yeah. So selfishly, very, very selfishly, he invited his fiance with him because if he's going to go out, right, if he's going to commit suicide, then, you know, we'll just, we'll just do it together because we were meant to be together, right? In whatever com- convoluted mind state he may have been in, maybe, just mm-hmm. potentially,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. the The last explanation I have for this one is that, this is my personal favorite, by the way is that he, he became disoriented when he was flying so he would he didn't know which way he was going or whatever and then he tried to reenact the opening scene from Close Encounters of the Third Kind which had just come out <laughs> yeah like that i'm i'm Push. not even, i'm not kidding i actually read this on a skeptical website this was an actual yeah. explanation no i think we actually i think this might have been a podcast or something whatever but i read about this one this is a serious proposal from a skeptic this is he said <laughs> That because the radio uh, transmission was similar to the opening scene of the movie, then he was trying to reenact that or something. I don't, I don't well, know.
0: Have you ever, have you ever looked at both this, the, the transcripts side by side? No, I have not. They are similar enough to me to where it gives you pause because this movie came out before he did this, right? Well, well before this incident happened. Okay, and it was like a very, very freaking popular movie. If you were just like, like, just casually interested in UFOs at this time period, you would have watched this movie.
1: You, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, it, but I mean, there doesn't seem, other than, you know, the coincidence of it being similar, there's absolutely nothing to back up. I mean, why would he choose this particular point in time to reenact that and then he would just disappear? It's just, it's kind of a strange explanation. Hey. Everybody's timeline is
0: different, you know.
1: I guess, yeah. People, people do have, you know.
3: Yeah, never mind. Sorry, I was gonna compare. You know, sorry. I'll let you finish, and then oh I'll...
1: yeah. Well, and then of course we've already touched on it. Is another explanation is that he was abducted somehow by a UFO, which, um, you know, you could look at it that way, and he definitely saw something weird. But um, I don't know. Maybe it was like a some kind of military plane or something. But it could have it could have been some sort of uFO involved that you know alien craft that downed him or sucked him up or something, but that's just pure speculation. We have absolutely no way to you know substantiate that. It's an interesting idea though there is that
3: human element though that oh I gotta say this before I forget it, but the human element of like where you know you can't predict a human i mean like what they intend to do, obviously, but I mean like this somewhat like this kind of. I don't know. You can't compare the two because they have nothing to do with uh, this other story I'm comparing it to. It has nothing to do with paranormal activity, but it's the example of uh, if he were to commit suicide, there is that element of you just can't, like sometimes we just snap. Like sometimes there's just something in us that just switches over and we just throw all caution to the wind and just don't give a shit. Um, Like the, that in, uh, I forget, it was uh, Washington State. Where that you know the ground control uh, service agent he uh, he hopped into a plane and it was on my birthday actually August 10th in 2018 that he did this and then he went spinning around uh, in that airplane doing maneuvers that you know veteran pilots are like well that's crazy I can't believe he was able to pull that off with such a plane and point is is that he had his life mapped out basically I mean he was gonna you know throw his he got his degree he just was recently married like he had a lot of things on the up and up and then all of suddenly he waited for his moment to just run into an open cockpit plane take off and have fun like and he just killed himself by like crashing his plane directly into a lightly populated area and he there's a conversation you can hear the whole uh, like transmission between ground control and him and it's just like yeah i didn't mean to do this didn't mean to ruin your day you know, and like it's just genuine kid, and he just he. I don't know. It's just it's sad, but
1: sometimes people snap. It's just people. Anything's possible, but I don't see any sign of him snapping during this case. Not snapping. Uh, that's did,
3: too violent of a word. I would. You say, did but. see,
1: but he did see some strange lights that he reported to the you know to the air traffic control. True. True. So true, I mean, true. it's. And I, I that scraping, it's metal not, scraping, or yeah, electric pulse. Yeah, and then you yeah. have the seventeen seconds of of him not saying anything, but he's holding the radio channel open and is he, what is he paralyzed or whatever? I mean, it's a very strange case and it absolutely could have been something weird happening up there. But then again, it could have just been something that appeared to be weird and wasn't really weird. It was just a regular old plane crash. I don't know. Did they gauge his, uh, I I should have been able to catch this, but did they
3: show at what altitude he could have been at? Because yeah, he he, he reported his
1: altitude at 4,500 feet.
3: Okay. Oh wow. All right. Never mind. I thought he could have been at some altitude where he could have gotten some sort of hypoxia type of situation, where you know what I mean. Like the Cessna is not built to be in high altitude situations. So I mean, or I yeah, I, not I mean, not this Cessna, uh, right? So not I mean, one. could could he have just taken it up and was just fucking around? And because he he disobeyed, there is a history of him disobeying the rules. So in flight, but um. You know when he he gives his report saying his altitude he could just go off and do something else I'm not sure if we had the like the technology to keep tracking like what he would be at unless or you know what I mean I'm not sure the technology that we really had in the 70s but you know um, could he have just been like hey you know what I'm gonna tell him I'm here and then I'm just gonna take this sucker up as high as I can I'm gonna do I'm gonna see what she's got and then all of a suddenly he, you know, hypoxia and all that bullshit sits in and then he starts spinning out, but I'll shut up. I digress. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's possible,
1: but it doesn't seem to be any evidence for that. But I, I suppose that's one possibility.
0: Yeah, dude, it's a total possibility. Here's what I think happened, right? So you have this crew ab- aboard a, a spaceship that was like, you know, part of like, you know, uh, there were like basically like, you know, um, like, a what'd you call it? You, you would call it basically like, uh, you know, bounty hunters, I guess you could say, you know, um, and so, like, like you had this crew, right? So uh, the the main leader was Spike Spiegel, and then you got Jet Plaque, then Faye Valentine, Ed, and then N, right? And so, like, you had these like bounty hunters, right? Like, uh, and they mistakenly took, you know, um, Valintage as like one of their, you know, like like targets. You know what I mean? Like they thought that like this guy was like, you know, this, this fucking, you know, like a target that they they need to capture in order to make a, you know, a bounty off of, right? So they mistakenly, you know, abducted this individual, you know, out of Earth Earth's atmosphere and then took him back up, to, up into space. You know what I mean?
1: Could then be. Like, Could be.
0: Then like, well, and then Faye Valentine being the uh the very cold hearted individual she can be sometimes, like was just like, all right, this is the wrong guy, kill him, let's go after the right guy, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like Spike would definitely agree with that to me, you know what I mean? Like understanding oh,
3: yeah. So. Totally. Hey, ha,
0: hey! By the way, you take uh, the bebop. A totally, no, no! Shut the fuck up. Uh, a totally unrelated uh, um, topic. Have you guys ever watched the anime Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. No, I'm, I've never heard of it. Never heard of
1: he,
2: it. He lies. It's, it's that's great. An it's excellent really good one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that is a good one. One of my favorites. It's really fucking good. Have You, have it you is. just
2: discovered it. Is that why you're so excited? What
0: we've seen. So- mm. I thought you've seen it. I know that wasn't directed towards me.
2: Well, I don't know why <laughs> are you mentioning it. That's so random.
0: <laughs> Which is I'm, exactly why I mentioned it. Okay. Come on now. Okay. Have, have okay. you have you identified my particular type of comedy yet?
3: Have you guys seen the movie, or are you guys just you've seen both series and movie?
0: <laughs> I have seen everything. Everything. <laughs> That's the Cal- important B-Bop question. Related. There we go. Uh,
3: <laughs> All right. I'm very oh, confident in uh, saying that. <laughs> agent E-T agent, agent, agent ETH is not E-T. entertained. E-T. Wait, Agent ETH? Who the fuck is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's our secret, secret agent. <laughs> yeah, okay. E-T. All right. Agent, nice. agent Ether, any final thoughts on the Valentich disappearance?
2: Well, there is one option no one's considered, and that would be related to time travel. That's oh. somehow going through oh, this. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I mentioned that. Based I said the drones. The drones. Yes, yes. Well, the plane somehow either was transported to the future or the past and then crashed, which is why there's no evidence of the wreckage. Hmm.
3: I saw a comment that I was chuckling at. It's like, imagine hundreds of years from now when we have aliens just frequently visiting us, we find out that he's just like a an alien warlord in some other planet. Like, he's just... <laughs> just this giant god
1: yeah he went, he went took over mars or something yeah he's like omni-man yeah. going to a different planet i like it time traveling well that would of course explain everything that happened and maybe the metallic sounds that's what you heard while he was transitioning to the other timeline or dimension or whatever have you that's uh, I like that one. That's a fun one. I didn't run across that. I one. think the cartel was trying to up. get him to work oh. for him. Well, it's still really good. <laughs> I, I you didn't did run it
3: across it up. either. Hey, I just my, made it up. <laughs> my theory, my theory was about like, hey, what if all these ships that have correlations to their shape and design and everything are somehow some technology that we've tapped into in the future that has been we've been just dicking around and been like, oh fuck, they found us, get away, like you know what I mean? And we're just I don't know, just zipping around, fucking with oh, ourselves. Maybe.
0: Maybe Never it's more, know, likely, man. more likely likely that like an AI that we have developed outli- outlives human civilization, takes over afterwards. You know I mean? Hey, they, then afterwards, I hear that. And I think an it's alien, six bots. Another, oh, six bots. Good Ooh. Lord, if I, if I can afford one. <laughs>
3: soon, yes, brother. Yes, soon. Sir.
0: Why not? Hey, I'm just saying, why the fuck not? That's all I'm saying. We're agents. We deserve it. <laughs> you
2: guys keep those all
1: six
0: bots
2: right. to yourself. All right, guys.
1: I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And also, if
0: you you are a production manufacturer of like a, for example, (laughs) example, like a a FemBot, like if you've ever watched like, you know, Austin Powers, like whichever movie, whichever one or two, whatever Whatever it was, the spy that shagged me—I don't give a fuck. If you happen to produce like you know a, a, a Carmen Electra type like a version of like a fembot, hit it's with it's, wait, wait, wait—if if it's within like five thousand dollars or so, I might be able to swing it.
1: No, nah, for, hey, forget save. that. No, no, forget that. Send us, no, us no, a sample. No, don't. No, don't forget Send us a demo. It. No, make we'll it. Give you make review. that shit. We'll review no, please make it. Please it make, you. It. Please and make and it
0: with, with realistic genitalia.
1: Uh, all right. uh Anyways, <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, you can really help us out by leaving a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Hey, Agent Anderson. All right. Have
0: fun fucking like
1: uh you know editing this shit. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's gonna be a lot of work on this one. That's.
0: For can sure. I turn on
2: the air conditioning now? <laughs>